Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. With the first jewel claim. Oh, it's a photo of the Derby! The race for the Triple Crown erupts into an epic party. The Preakness Stakes, May 18th on NBC and Peacock. You know, I still have a year left on my contract. Uh, I hope the Steelers want me back if, if, if that's the way we go. He met with Art Rooney. He went with Coach Tomlin. He met with myself uh, shortly after the season ended. Uh, he reiterated that to us, that he wants to continue to play. And we, we told him, quite frankly, we have to look at this current situation. You know, Art Rooney addressed that, that with Ben's current uh, cap number, um, some adjustment will have to be made. Hopefully there's a way that we can try to figure out and do what's best for the organization and do what's best for Ben. And hopefully he'll be able to see that and feel the same way we do. But there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Wednesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live, Peacock, Sirius XM, 211, NBCSN, Sky Sports, NFL, podcast, wherever, whenever, however, Chris Sims, Whoa, whoa, Florio. Christopher, good morning. How are you? I'm good, Michael. How you doing, man? Yeah, you gave me a little scare there just before the show. All of a sudden, you couldn't hear. I don't know what the, what the heck just happened. I reached over to get my coffee, and I don't know if I stretched the wire out or whatever, but yes, it went totally dark there for a second, and that was a full panic attack. Um, so, yeah, that's good. We avoided disaster. We're ready to go. Got to be ready for anything on live TV slash Peacock streaming, and you got to be ready for anything if you're an NFL fan because, really, every day, said this earlier in the week, every day there's a quarterback who helps us fill what otherwise would be a void of nothing yeah. because they don't know what the salary cap is, so there aren't a lot of transactions being done right now. So thank you, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yesterday was your day to fill the news cycle, and today I think will be their day as well. The news first came from Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette that Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger and team president Art Rooney II had met on Tuesday, and it went well. Shereen Williams and I spent a lot of time last night trying to figure out what went well meant, Chris. But as of now, the indications are that that was the step, the major step, the major piece toward working out an arrangement to keep Ben Roethlisberger with the Steelers for one more year. And it may just be one more year, yeah. but it's at least one more year. Right. Well, I mean, if you made me bet money, I would bet that it's one more year, but we'll see where it goes. I mean, hey, it's a big deal. There's no doubt about it. Big Ben's a Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, won the Super Bowl two times. Last year, hey, there, there was enough good play, of course, to justify bringing him back. I think what's scary a little bit was the way they played right at the end of the year, the way he looked a little bit. And I do think he was injured. You know, I know enough people there in Pittsburgh that have led me to believe he was banged up. The knee issue was real. If you really study him on film, you know, you could tell there was a difference between Ben Roethlisberger in week 15 and Ben Roethlisberger in week seven. And I guess, you know, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers coach, owner, whatever, you know, you're hoping you get that first half of the year Big Ben. But I, I do think that's a big if, and, and we've talked about this many times. He plays the game very physical, he, or he did play it very physical. He's a beat-up guy, 
And you do, at least I worry about him wearing out as the season goes along. And, you know, Big Ben seems to think he's okay and he's ready to come back and play some more. You make a great point in that regard, though, because it was confusing to say the least. Reports were emerging on a consistent basis that there were issues with and concerns regarding his knees, not just knee, but knees. But then on the injury report, there was never any disclosure late in the year that he had a knee or knees issue, which would mean he was getting no treatment from the team. He wasn't missing practice except for his habitual, which is fine, not being critical of it. His Wednesday day off. Day off, the not injury-related day off, the veteran day off that so many players around the league get. And the only way I could harmonize those two, short of the Steelers just flat-out lying on the injury report, oh, by the way, in 2019 they were fined by the NFL for lying on the injury report because Ben Roethlisberger's elbow that finally gave out in week two against the Seahawks had not been listed on the injury report, right? and they knew there was a problem. But if they aren't lying again, if they learned their lesson in 2019, it tells me that it may just something he's dealing with, right? Arthritic condition possibly in one or both knees, and that doesn't get better. I know that all sorts of of fancy things happen in the offseason, stem cell treatments, guys going to Europe, but I don't know how much you can get your knee to recover if you've got arthritis in it. And I think it's a legitimate concern in 2021. And my, my look, I, I don't want to be, be Debbie Downer here, but I think both sides are going to regret this by the time we get to November or December. They're going to regret one more year. They're going to wish they hadn't done it, like Brett Favre in 2010. Well, that's what I keep coming back to. I, I, I mean, I, I understand that thought. I mean, that certainly crosses my mind, too. I, I mean, I don't think it's crazy. I, I guess, you know, the, the big question, Mike, would be really this to start it would just be, what, what, like, what other options do they got right now? You know, they're stuck in between a little bit. You know, it, it's not like I, they're not going to make a play for Deshaun Watson uh, or maybe some of the other quarterbacks that are going to be out there and, you know, have trade demands. I don't think they can afford to do that at this point right now. You know, they're a team that, you know, we're seeing. They're, they're growing old in front of us. There's lots of holes. The offensive line has issues. They traded away – you know, picks a few years ago to trade up in the draft and get Devin Bush. So, you know, they have issues as a complete football team. And I think, you know, more or less, they probably looked at it and goes, okay, Big Ben, yep, okay, you think you're pretty good. You can play still. Okay, we we know we can win games with Big Ben. We do. We know. And there's not a better option out there for them at this moment. So, it's almost like, hey, he's an NFL legend. He's our guy. We're loyal. We're the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's also serving as maybe a Band-Aid, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, to, for them to just buy some time here to build their team and then, you know, of course, get a plan together to get the next quarterback of the future for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, that's right, because they can't go 20 years between franchise quarterbacks like they did between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger, even though they made it to one Super Bowl somehow – Without a franchise quarterback, Super Bowl Thirty, it was a loss to the Dallas Cowboys with Neil O'Donnell throwing two balls to a wide-open Larry Brown. The only problem is Larry Brown was not a Steelers receiver at the time. He was a Cowboys defensive back. Other than than that one year, you know, they were relevant, but they never could punch it through because you didn't have a great quarterback. You need to have a good enough quarterback. 2005, well— Ben Roethlisberger wasn't great in the Super Bowl, but he was good enough to win. But made they some need plays a franchise in the AS- guy. Yeah, right. they they need a franchise guy. Right. If they're going to get to the top of the mountain again, post Ben, they have to get to work on it. They can't just wait and coast and float from one guy to the next and hope their defense will be good enough to carry them. And maybe that formula will work to a certain extent. But we saw for twenty years it wasn't good enough to get them their fifth Super Bowl. They waited a long time for the proverbial one for the thumb or the literal one for the thumb, and they finally got it with Big Ben, and hopefully that was a a, a lesson for them about moving forward. Last week when Kevin Colbert spoke on the matter, the Steelers' GM created the impression for me that they weren't sure that it made sense to continue with Ben given the changes that the salary cap will end up forcing upon the Steelers. Sure. I think from Roethlisberger's perspective, there were similar concerns. Even though he was saying all the right things publicly, I think that behind the curtain, he's he's saying, is this really a Super Bowl team? Do I really have a chance to go out the way I right. want to go out? 
I don't know what's caused him to come to the conclusion that he does. I don't think the extra $5 million in the salary cap from 175 to 180 makes enough of a difference that all of a sudden you wake up and say, Eureka, this could be 2005 all over again, and I can walk off into the sunset like Jerome Bettis did with a Super Bowl trophy. I, I and, and to me, I, I, I just – if you don't think you got a reasonable shot at winning at all – that one extra year is only going to be a potential source of regret eventually. That's my concern. And I, I still feel at a certain well, level like neither side wants to be the one who's responsible for ending this. That, that to me, is a factor in their decision to find a way to keep it going for one more year. Well, don't you think like the dead cat money and stuff like that? Like, you know, I would think the, the, the contract situation. You know, the dead cap money, whether he retires or not, anything like that is going to be a, a factor here. I think, and you add that to the matter of, wait, we're not sure. We don't have the quarterback of the future on our roster right now. I mean, as I think we both agree, we don't think Mason Rudolph's that guy. Dwayne Haskins, maybe, but it's not ready right now. I mean, that they, they took that. Uh, they signed Dwayne Haskins going, hey, we saw this kid. He's got talent. You know, he might be a, 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 you know, a, you know, what do they say? A diamond in the haystack or what, what the heck? No, that's a needle in the haystack. What are needle the, in the haystack, diamond in the rough. Diamond in the rough, right. So, you know. Concrete you get, line in the sand. <laughs> right. They, they're all good. You know, man, it's good to be back at work. But, yes, uh, I think they're taking a, a shot there just hoping that they can strike gold with, with Dwayne Haskins and let him develop a year and maybe learn behind Dwayne Hask, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, and you have something there. So, I would think, Mike, I mean, just at base value, it'd be those two things together, right, that would lead them to, all right, hey, it didn't end the way we wanted. It didn't look great at the end of the year, but there still is a lot of good players on this team, and maybe they don't want to go through the growing pains of having to get a new quarterback or do that. Maybe they do believe that they can fill in the the, the voids and, and fix this team enough to where they feel like they can go back to the AFC playoffs and be one of the top seeds and still be really relevant in the AFC playoffs and maybe make a run at this. Now, what was odd yesterday was the impression created by the initial report from Jerry Dulac that they had the meeting and it went well because it, it didn't finish the thought. How did it go well? Are yeah. we going to have a retirement press conference you know, what, what does it mean for it to go well from Ben's perspective, from the team's perspective? It's possible there are different definitions based upon where you're coming from as to what it means to go well. There was a statement issued by Ben Roethlisberger's agent, Ryan Toner, to Aditi Kinkabwala of NFL Media, and, and here it is. They want Ben back and will contact me soon to address his cap situation. As we've shared since the season ended, we are happy to creatively adjust his contract to help them build the best team possible. A year ago, Ben wasn't sure if he could throw again. Yeah. But he battled back to get 12 wins and the eighth division title of his career. They lost steam down the stretch, and that doesn't sit well for him. So the fire burns strong, and there is plenty of gas in the tank. Now, the cap number is the critical question here. And the, the article we posed last night indicated and suggested and analyzed the question of whether or not the Steelers can or whether they even want to pay him the $19 million he's due to make this year. Cap number 41.25 million. Yep. If he retires or if he's cut, it's 22.25 million. Those are from the sins of salary caps past that they've kicked money forward into this year. The question is what do you do with the 19? Are they going to try to get him to take less? Are they just going to take that 19? Drop it down to the minimum salary of $1.075 million, take the rest of it, and turn it into a signing bonus that gets spread over multiple years. You can get the salary cap number in the range of twenty-five or twenty-six that way. You still have to take the excess later. But my my understanding and yeah. current belief is it's not about reducing the 19. Now, maybe they'll drop that bomb on the on the on, on Roethlisberger's camp today, but it's never been about reducing the 19. And if that's the case, Chris, point I made last night, this should take five minutes. It's not hard to take that contract and reduce the cap number this year by moving money around, by by moving dollars around right. if you're not taking money away from Ben Roethlisberger. It should not be difficult to do. No, it should not. And, I mean, it, from everything we know, Big Ben's totally up for it, right? I mean, he, he's got no problem. Doesn't cost him a penny. Right. So it doesn't make any, it doesn't make any difference to him. He'll do what he needs to do to help out the team. Of course, he's at a point in his career, like a lot of these guys, he's made a ton of money. 
And it's really more now about he wants one more chance to play for the big one. Now, that's what it's all about. And the big question that I think you have to think of is just, can he get you to that point? And the Steelers, I still think, are a team, you know, Mike Tomlin, I would imagine he's going, no, I, I think we can still go to the Super Bowl in 2021. I'm sure a lot of those guys in that team do. With that defense, no Devin Bush this past year. Bud Dupree got hurt, and I know he's a free agent, and we'll see what happens with all that. But Big Ben, this is where, to me, it's a little different, you know, because I've had some, like, some people text me like, well, what's the difference between Big Ben and the Drew Brees situation? You know, hey, both legends, Hall of Famers, awesome. I mean, you know, just respect all around. But there is a difference to me on the play on the field, too. Big Ben can still make defenses defend the whole field. He can do that. His arm is still good enough, as we saw, even though it's not as explosive as it once was. We still saw plenty of deep passes to Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool all year long to go, okay, he can stretch the field. The biggest thing in Pittsburgh that they need to do, and I don't know whether the blame is on Big Ben here, you know, the old offensive coordinator, uh, or just the organization in general, they just can't play the freaking same way they played last year. They can't do that. That was unrealistic. It was almost unfair to Big Ben. And I do think he probably had a hand in that. I mean, he admitted that there was RPOs that he kept throwing the ball and doing that. But it goes back to like what you talked about yesterday with Jerome Bettis. They never really gave an attitude or commitment to the run game early in the year. And then they got into, whoa, we're going to rely on our really an older quarterback to sit in the shotgun and make throws all game. So that has to change if they want this to work, at least in my opinion. And uh, I think that's probably the next remedy they got to think about. O-line's got to improve. You know, and we got to get a running game if you want to make it happen with Big Ben, a la Tom Brady and the Bucks. Protect them up, let them feel good, and if there's one on one, I promise you, Big Ben's going to throw strikes to Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson all day long, and I think that's a part of this equation as well. Yeah, even if Juju Smith-Schuster leaves, they've still got plenty of they great got players, receivers right. that that Ben can target, and I think part of it too is and. Who knows how much we'll ever find out about the discussion between Roethlisberger and Rooney. But but Ben does need to meet them halfway because we heard from enough different people that that Ben was taking liberties with the play call. Right. That ben was call was changing runs to passes or the RPOs, choosing to throw when maybe the right move would have been to hand off. And part of it is Randy Fickner, who isn't back as offensive coordinator. They brought in Matt Canada last year as the quarterback's coach. He's now the offensive coordinator. And one of the things he was bringing to the table, the jet motion, the, the efforts to confuse a defense with all the movement behind the line of scrimmage. Maybe you hand it off to Chase Claypool. Maybe you don't. They got right. away from that right. as the year went on. And it was just dink and dunk short passes. And and one of the reasons for the drops that you identified was the fact that the defensive backs all knew that it was going to be a quick pass. So you tee up and you go hit the guy and and knock the ball loose. And, and the guy starts hearing and seeing footsteps because he knows he's going to get blasted because the defense is expecting that short pass. Uh, and and yes. uh, that, that was not sustainable. And we saw it in the disintegration of the team. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it, it just it's too... You know, what was the phrase? They became, you know, predictable within their predictability. I mean, that's really what it was. It was like, hey, we know you're going to throw it every play, and now we know you're going to throw the play. Every every play is going to be six yards right here, and you're going to have to jam it in there and really make high-risk throws with not so great of a reward on top of that. And as the season went along, we saw – it's just everybody knew what to expect. There was not enough diversity within the offense. There wasn't enough. Even even if you're going to throw the ball every play, there wasn't enough schemes and things to go around to where I was going, okay, wait, they might be able to survive this. They're doing a lot of cool stuff in these formations. Wow, okay, they might be able to throw it every play. No, you know, I would sit there and go, I've seen this route combination six times already, and we're in the third quarter. I've seen this route, I've seen this play five times, and we're only through a quarter and a half of the football game. And within that, that there's just that's not fair either. So, you know, they gotta find a way that's gonna work for their offense and certainly change. It just does not make sense with that defense uh and the way they play that they were playing that style of offense this year. It it put too much pressure on the defense in too many games too, and it wasn't fair to them either. 
I think the other reality at play here, too. Yeah. We're now six weeks removed from when the Steelers lost to the Browns in humiliating fashion at home yeah. in the wild card round of the playoffs. And and I think that what happens is when you get into off-season mode and everyone is 0-0, zero and zero, that's when you go back to the lab and you start coming up with reasons why next year will be different. And as you get time and distance from the way it ended and, and the way the, the regular season fell apart down the stretch, you start coming up with reasons why next year we won't step into that same trap. Next year we'll get off to a good start and we'll finish it. It becomes an echo chamber. Oh, we got this idea. We got that idea. Right. And and you build and it's happening throughout the league and some cities probably never does, but it it it's it's happening everywhere as you are isolated from the other teams and you start thinking of all the 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 great ideas as to how to move forward. You let yourself think, you know what, we can do it. Yeah, what? who says we can't? Why not us? And the next thing you know, you start making decisions based upon that confidence that starts to pop up in February as you as you get farther away sure. from, from how it all went sideways on you the prior season. And I think that allowed both sides, Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, to come to the conclusion that, yeah, let's do this again, even though I, th- I really do think – and, and I'm, I just think – if I was a Steelers fan, if I put myself in those shoes, if I started waving the terrible towel right now, I'd say, man, there's a chance that this is a huge mistake. It's risky. We know that. I mean, he he is he was no a, risky, no bisky. Yeah, well, he's he's a car crash quarterback. It's it's rare to say that. I mean, but he he really was. He was a car crash quarterback. You know, that, that's where I feel bad for guys like Big Ben and sometimes because they had to play the game on the edge all the time for a number of years and. People aren't going to maybe understand their greatness and how good he was or other players like that because they were in, you know, compromised situations a lot. But yet the team was like, hey, you're awesome. We don't care. You'll figure it out. You'll make a play. You'll you'll dance around the pocket and run like Fred Flintstone like he used to and move around and people on him and throw the ball. I mean, Big Ben was amazing like that. He really was the guy that could scramble within the pocket and yet keep his eyes downfield as good as I've ever seen, really. Um, you you said a lot of good things there, too. Yeah, I mean, you're right. NFL teams are going to go back. They're going to reevaluate themselves. They're going to look at things. I think they're going to go, man, this happened, this happened. If that didn't happen, you're right. We can justify, oh, maybe we would have been in a better spot, all of those type of things. But I think ultimately – the other thing that they have to come back to, there's two things. They had to have looked back at the year and just gone, man, that was crazy that we were asking Big Ben to play this way. It just, they had to at least have realized that. We were the last team in football and running the ball, running the ball, and we have one of the more older, beat-up quarterbacks in the NFL. That makes no sense when that comes out of your mouth. That doesn't even sound right. And then I think the other thing that maybe, maybe, just because I think about this, but maybe gives them that little confidence to go, wait, we can do this, is maybe they see the Bucks in the Super Bowl and they go, wait, like if we got if we can protect the guy a little bit and run the ball, Big Ben could throw the post down the middle and the in cut and the deep outs and do all that too. So I think again, with all the things we've said, lack of options, their salary cap. All of that, I, I think that's probably where we have we've been, you know, we're led to this point, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But I do think Big Ben can still make plays with that right arm. One of the one of the basic realities that I've witnessed over the years, being in and around Pittsburgh, when when you write them off, that's when they are the most dangerous, and it's easy to write them off going into this year, given the changes that the salary cap situation likely will cause, and, may, and maybe they'll find a way to wave the magic financial wand and work it all out. But whatever the end result, it's going to be easy to look at the Steelers and say, ah, they're, they're not ready to compete with the Ravens. They're not ready to compete with the Chiefs. They're not ready to compete with the Bills. They're not ready to compete with the Browns. Yeah. That, that, may be the, that may be the thing that starts the lawnmower for the Steelers like nothing ever did before, getting beat by the Browns. Again, it may be unjustified confidence, but that confidence is there. And that's an excellent point. You watch the Super Bowl – and, you know, this is a team that Mike Tomlin was working for the last right. time they won the Super Bowl in right. 2002. 
it's easy to say there are things we can take from what the Buccaneers did all year long, incorporated into our game, and our aging quarterback can maybe get his his hands on a Lombardi trophy and walk off into the sunset like Jerome Bettis did. That's clearly the goal. That's the motivation. That's why they're doing it. This isn't about a paycheck for Ben no. Roethlisberger, and this isn't about a farewell tour for the Steelers and Big Ben. And uh, where do they? You uh, know, we'll the thing is that they're going to have to trim some fat on their roster. I mean, there's certainly some guys you look at. Yeah, okay, you take care of that situation right there, and you go, all right, that's going to give them some money. Maybe they can get out in free agency and get, you know, a new center or you know another guard, maybe a tackle, something like that to help them out. Of course, the draft is going to that. They're in no man's land for the quarterback, in my opinion, with the draft. I don't think that's going to happen. And, you know, you look at other guys like, uh, you know, Joe Hayden. Uh, all right. Because, I, you know, of course, I knew we were going to talk about this. You look at their roster, their salary cap situation. Hey, he's a guy that's cap hit $15.5 million. But if they, they cut him, it's only $2.9 million. They can trim a lot of money right there. That's two or three players on your roster. I mean, that's really. So they're going to have to work some magic and do some you know, rebuilding and things like that and make some tough decisions, no doubt about it. But I'm, I'm not going to count the Steelers out yet. Not because of like what you said. There's just too many awesome, crazy alphas on that football team right now for me to count them out. There really is. I mean, one, the coach is that way. Two, it's one beast after another on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, the receivers, you know, decent tackle play. I mean, they're, they're not too, too far off. And then you get a guy like Devin Bush back, who was really a huge blow to them last year at middle linebacker. You know, we, 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 we certainly could be sitting here next December going, Hey, here's Pittsburgh. They're, they're, they're going to go to the playoffs. They got a chance to go to the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised by that. You know what they desperately need? They desperately need a Franco Harris. They need a guy they draft who comes in right away and makes yeah, a huge impact right. in the running game because they don't have that. And no. I don't know that the revolving door, James Conner, Benny Snell, whoever else they put out there, Anthony McFarland, I, no. I don't think that's going to be the answer. They need no. a workhorse who, who can't. Hey, it's easy to commit to the running game when you get a guy who comes in and everyone is saying, damn, right. holy crap, ho, give him the ball again. That's the way to balance the offense the way it needs to be balanced. All right, let's uh, – let's, and, and – and, Alex Smith, you, you didn't get the memo. You're supposed to wait till today, so you could have <laughs> all one of more today. Day. <laughs> we had Ben yesterday and and Alex Smith today, but it came out yesterday in an interview with GQ. Alex Smith, some some surprising comments about what he believed the Washington Football Team was hoping he would do or not do last year. He said, "When I decided to come back, I definitely threw a wrench in the team's plans. They didn't see it." didn't want me there, didn't want me to be a part of it, didn't want me to be on the team, the roster, didn't want to give me a chance. Mind you, it was a whole new regime. They came in. I'm like the leftovers, and I'm hurt, and I'm this liability. Heck no, they didn't want me there. At that point, you can imagine everything I'd been through. I couldn't have cared less about all that. Whether you like it or not, I'm giving this a go at this point. It makes for a compelling final 20 minutes to the inevitable Alex Smith movie, where as he works his way back, he senses that the football team would rather he just go away, right. collect his guaranteed salary for that year. That, that's why he was still on the team. His salary was guaranteed. They couldn't cut him, so hey, you may as well have him on the roster. But they didn't want him to thrive, and he did thrive. It's amazing that that's how it ended up, but it also tells me there's no way he's going to be on that team in 2021. No, I, I wouldn't think so. I, I mean, again, it's it's a, a guy who's had an unreal career. I, I mean, hey, I, I, I'm not going to fault the Washington football team, right? I mean, I, I was I was like, what? He's going to play? That's scary. And then, I mean, as we talked about many times during the year, I mean, watching him play, I, I felt like I was watching my son out there where I was like, oh, gosh, get down. Don't get hurt. Oh, get out of the way. Don't let him do that to you. I, I was always worried about his leg and, and that whole situation there. So um, he has, I mean, unbelievable story. There's, no, there's nothing to say about that. I mean, it's just unbelievable what he came back from. But I, I don't fault Washington. And, you know, hey, good thing it happened. Because they wouldn't have gotten the playoffs without him. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. They were just 
you know, obviously dysfunctional at that position. They needed him, and really he was just the right guy for the way that team was set up for this year to take control, you know, take care of the ball, you know, just take a chance every now and then when I really have to and play through the defense, and, it, and of course it worked out. But I'm with you, Mike. I mean, I, I, I want to say please retire. I don't mean that in any disrespect to Alex Smith. I want to just say please retire. It's been a great run. It's awesome. I don't want to see anything else happen. You got, you got back. You played. But I have a feeling he's going to try to go somewhere and be a backup quarterback still. I, I, don't, I don't get the sense he's going to retire. Do you? No, I don't. $19 yeah. million in non-guaranteed salary and compensation this year from Washington. He will be cut, undoubtedly. Looks like they won't be working out a reduced deal to allow him to stay. So then where does he go? And this dawned on me a week or so ago. Chicago makes the most sense. It really does. He knows Matt Nagy. He knows that offense. He's thrived in that offense. Whether he's the starter, whether he's the mentor to a younger guy. Yeah. But but to me, you want to stabilize that position, and you want a guy that Chicago fans could maybe rally around. Now, they may not be thrilled about this this angle of we're going to constantly be worried that he's going to get seriously injured again, but I think he addressed that last year. That's not the concern. Right. The concern is, does he still have it? I mean, he's been around since 2005. He's been through a lot of different offenses. He's He's been through a lot of adversity. Uh, what did you see from him last year? I mean, this is a guy who came into the NFL the same year as Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. There's a, definitely a gap between the two guys in favor of Rodgers. But what did you see from Smith that would make a fan base say, "Okay, I can get behind this"? Well, I, I think he'd be, for me. I'd want you know he can manage a football game. You know, he's not going to make any like jaw dropping throws or plays that way. He's really going to play the game very close to the vest and not make a mistake. And really not push the envelope until he really has to. And then it's, oh, okay, now we're we're down by four. All right, I'll start to make some, take some chances and things like that. You know, yes, he's not going to excite a fan base. I think more or less, you know, I don't know. There's a part of me that would be like reluctant to want to have him as my true backup. Maybe as like, I would want to go like, you know, maybe almost a, a, a third stringer type of guy on your roster at this point. Okay, just in case my first two go down, now I got him. And I would think it would be a team that you would go, hey, we're, we're kind of a really good football team, and if just da disaster hit us, at least we got Alex Smith to manage the football game, and maybe we could still win football games that way. I can't imagine him asking for a ton of money at this point of his career or really being able to you know, command a, a high, high dollar uh, price or anything like that. But there's nothing on film that's gonna teams are gonna look at and go, oh man, yeah, it's it's you know he's got it. The the movement is less than, you know, the arm is less than, and I don't mean to say that disrespectful. Let alone he doesn't have an aggressive nature to him either. So uh, I'll be interested to see how it kind of plays out and who, you know, who really wants him because I do think teams are gonna be scared just because of you know of course the injury history and 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 you know the, everything about and the way he looked at certain points last year. What would you think about bringing him back to the Kansas City Chiefs as opposed to Chad Henney or Matt Moore, who's just kind of been hanging around? His his arm supposedly was shot four years ago, and he's hanging around on that team. Would it make sense to have Alex Smith back in Kansas City, a second set of eyes and ears and another brain for Patrick Mahomes as he continues his development that there's, you could come up with some good arguments to have Alex Smith around for Patrick Mahomes right now. The, 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 I mean, there's all those are good arguments. The, the only thing I would say is, man, if he's got to play, it's not his kind of team. I, he can't throw bombs to McCole Hardman and Tyree Kill. That's just not his game. That's the reason he's not there. I mean, it really is. They lost that Pittsburgh divisional playoff game, you know, a few years ago when they were the number two seed, and it was really his reluctance to push the ball down the field why they didn't, you know, win that football game. But here's like, to me, here's another scenario just to throw it out there that I think could make sense because I think if I'm a head coach, I'm not sure I'd really want him as my backup backup. Like, I don't think I would. But like a team like the New Orleans Saints, let's say Drew Brees retires. Now you got Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. And maybe, okay, oh, man, now we're, we're rolling the dice on Taysom Hill. We're playing Lamar Jackson football and design runs and all that. He's got a banged-up shoulder. 
Now Jameis Winston's in there. All right, well, at least we got Alex Smith behind him, and we can run the old Drew Brees offense with him and still be competitive, and he can buy us some time. To me, that's like the kind of scenario that would jump out more, more or less. Yeah, I think that makes sense, and, and there is value there from the standpoint of the kind of teammate he is. Right. Almost like the, the, the Josh McCown role, the coach exactly. who is on the roster not wearing the – the polo shirt, but wearing the helmet and shoulder pads, maybe never dressing for a game, but always being there in the quarterback room to keep everyone focused, help hold everyone accountable. I think that's the other part of it too. You look for a team where maybe there are young quarterbacks that just need the right guidance, right. need the right example yeah. of what it means to be a pro. And if your third stringer is showing up early and busting his ass and doing everything he needs to do, then, then maybe that encourages the young guys to do it and sets the example for them on how to do it the right way. It's a real thing. There's no question it's a real thing. In my early years of my career, I got to watch, of course, Brad Johnson, but guys like Brian Greasy, you know, that was important to me. Okay, hey, yeah, he's, you know, a few years older than me, four or five years older than me, but I got to see how he approached the game. You know, Jason Garrett, I was in the offseason with him on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, got to see what they do and how he approached the game you know, as a quarterback. And of course he had been around Troy Aikman and, you know, the Giants and so many good football teams. There, there, Jim Miller, I was also with him. I mean, of course I was with John Gruden. We, we collected quarterbacks yearly. We, we, we had like a mosh pit of quarterbacks. We had a quarterback room that was seven feet big. It was a seven feet wide, seven feet long. And we had seven quarterbacks in there every year, but it really was a great learning experience for me. I got to see how each one of them kind of approached the game in their own way and how they took time on their own to either get there early or sneak away at this point of the day and watch some film the way they wanted to do it. And uh, there is certainly great value for young quarterbacks and learning from guys like Alex Smith. What a shock. John Gruden collecting quarterbacks. <laughs> right? Never heard of that. Last week of <laughs> John Gruden with his current quarterback and then always having eyes on basically any other quarterback who may be out there but but you know I have a suggestion this week that Derek Carr is going to get himself a contract extension so John Gruden very adept at loving the one he's with even if he's constantly thinking there may be somebody else out there who will be better for me the problem is getting them and I still believe that I don't want to make this about the Raiders but I still believe that if something falls into his lap he'll he'll do it Alex Smith is not the kind of quarterback that would fall into John Gruden's lap and cause him to dump Derek Carr but but I think Alex Smith will have value this year somewhere it's not going to be about the money yeah it's just going to be about still being around it and I could see him transition into coaching the way he's been such a great mentor for other quarterbacks Patrick Mahomes raved about him in 2018 when Mahomes took over as the starter in Kansas City so maybe it'll work out that way we mentioned the Buccaneers a couple of times Throughout this segment, one of their big free agents is receiver Chris Godwin. He wants to stay with the Buccaneers unless he doesn't. I'll try to make sense of a recent quote from Godwin when PFT Live continues right after this. Dear listener, please close your eyes for this movie theater meditation brought to you by Fandango. Breathe in. Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale. Ah. Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now, download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets, and seats at your favorite theaters. Fandango, it's your ticket to the movies. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! 
The Paris Olympics, this summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Antoine Winfield Jr. Unf- My gosh, that, that is a tattoo. Wow. The Super Bowl tattoo. Is that the trophy with yeah. the Buccaneer logo on the trophy? Is and that what the that LV is? and yeah, and uh, and the hands together saying thank you to you know I guess the Lord all of that. I mean on his forearm too. Wow, that's, that's full forearm. I like it though. It's actually really well done. It looks pretty good. That is full forearm permanently unless he gets it removed at some point. Hey, that that's that's uh, that's a hell of a tattoo. Um, it, I, if I ever get the Kirk Cousins Super Bowl MVP tattoo, it will not be that large. I'll tell you that right okay, now. Okay. I'm not giving the whole forearm for the rest of my life, however long or short it may be, to Kirk Cousins. Uh, it, it will be much smaller and uh, and something that would not easily be seen. It would not be in any of the shots on the show. It would be at a minimum above the elbow. Okay. And out out of out of camera range. But, but uh, you can impressive. just you can yeah right like I mean listen it, it, you're gonna get a tattoo and you're gonna be stuck with it and you know I I have a few of myself but like not of myself but I have a few tattoos but. I mean, if you're going to be stuck with one, I mean, that that's one you want to be stuck with. It has a lot of meaning. I mean, gosh, that's that's something you're going to show your grandkids and just be like, they're going to be like, Dad, what is that? Or Grandpa, what is that crazy thing on your arm? And he's going to be able to tell them some story. And I won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady and gave Tyree Kill deuces at the end of the game and got fined by the NFL, but screw it. And uh, that's the kind of thing you want to want to have on your body. That should have been on there somewhere. Right. That's a missed opportunity. Maybe it's on the other side of the arm <laughs> where he's, he's flashing the deuces in Tyree Kill's face. How do you not make that <laughs> a permanent part of your body, right? And, and it, it, it has to have great meaning for Antoine Winfield Jr. and Sr., Senior played his entire career and never played in the Super Bowl. Yep. First year for Antoine Winfield Amazing. Jr. In the Super Bowl, wins the Super Bowl, deuces the Tyree kill, and huge tattoo on the arm. I love it. All right. Uh, whether or not there'll be the other forearm with LVI 56 trophy on it next year depends upon whether and to what extent the Buccaneers can keep the band together. Chris Godwin, due to become a free agent, here he is talking about his next contract with our good friend Pat McAfee yesterday. I think I'm I'm in the same boat as like a lot of players. You know, I, like you want to get you know some long term security. You know, you you want the team to to commit to you as well. Um, and so like I I think an extension would be ideal. But at the end of the day, you know, if if the franchise is what happens, then like that's what I gotta do. You know what I mean? And then and then we'll revisit later. But um, Bro. you know, I want to I want to be in Tampa. But at the end of the day, I want I want to get paid too. Yeah, look, you want to be in Tampa, you want to get paid. He also said, I'm not going to do something crazy and, and you know, take a little more money and go be unhappy somewhere. Well, what's the break-even point? What is it? Is it a million a year? Right. Is it two million a year? What You know, th- this is your opportunity to make money that will take care of you and your family years into the future. Do you give up? I, that, that, every, yeah, every guy's going to make one. this decision for himself. But what is the point where you say okay, I'm going to say no to that offer and I'm going to stay here in this vague hope that somehow we can thread the needle again because it's it's easy to think when you just have won the Super Bowl, yeah, we can do it again. Well, it's not easy to do it. And it can go wrong at any given moment. And an injury changes everything. I mean, we, we talked about this last year with the 49ers. To get back to the point where they're up by by – 10 points with seven minutes left in the Super Bowl that the easy parts finishing the job the hard parts getting to that point and and what what happens week two enough injuries to derail the season so I, I just think that when you start talking about compromising the financial security of your family into the future because of a hope because of a wish because of a roll of the dice thinking you're ju- you're just gonna have the same drunken boat party that you had a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I tell you what, for me, the break-even point would be a hell of a lot lower than it would be for others. Well, uh, yeah. because there's no guarantee that, that you're going to, that you're going to ever win a Super Bowl again, no matter who you're playing with. No, you're right. There's not that, you know, but you know, okay. I mean, we'll put yourself in his shoes. What, it, what is the breaking point? I mean, again, you know, all right, we look at a guy like him, he's probably going to make somewhere between 16 to 18 million dollars a year, right? I mean, that's about the market for that kind of wide receiver right now in the NFL. I think that's what he's going to command. 
So as as an as an ex player, at least my my thought would be, hey, you're on a great team, all of that. Yes. If they can just be, I think I think the like the sweet spot of what you're saying is like two million dollars. Two million dollars a year. Woo, I don't know if I can do that. Can we get into the one point five what? one million dollar? I know it's a ton of money. It's a ton of money. I'm not. I know, but it's also you know he he's gonna probably get forty million guaranteed or something like that too. So are you willing to sacrifice? Okay, like you're saying, maybe four or five million dollars over the long term of the contract for winning games, and you're still gonna make a lot of money. It's not That's gonna a, be that close. It's not gonna be that close. You don't think it'll be that it's close? Not gonna be. He's, he's not going to be splitting hairs or circumcising mosquitoes, as Jerry Jones would like to say. It's not going to be that close. It, it, someone else is going to offer him something that the Buccaneers won't even begin to come close to remotely matching in any way, shape, or form. Signing bonus, guaranteed money, whatever. It's, it's not going to be close. It's going to be obvious when it's time to make the offers. Unless they get Shaq Barrett signed yeah. before two weeks from yesterday, and then turn and use the franchise tag on Chris Godwin, which still would give him a lot of money for one year, but it would prevent him from getting that that generational wealth payday. That's the, the, the way that the Buccaneers would be in the game. If he hits the market, he's gone, I think, because it's not even going to be close. Yeah, well, they have money, right? They're in a pretty good salary cap you know, position as far as, what is it, a little north of $28 million as far as where they are right now. They can probably find some ways to create a little bit more cap space. But you're right. The, the, as we've talked about a lot, the wide receiver position is not one you look at in Tampa Bay and go, oh, my gosh, if they don't have Chris Godwin, they're just they're depleted. They have nothing. No, they have wide receivers growing on trees there right now. They do. They have wep- gr- two really good tight ends. I know Gronk. I expect him to be back. So I'm saying that you know as if he's going to come back. So, you know, again, yeah, it's not a huge need for the football team, but he was homegrown. They did pick him. He is a Jason Light guy. That always, organizations always want to keep their guys who they've drafted and developed uh, because, of course, it looks good on them. But I, I think the Shaquille Barrett situation is going to be the biggest, you know, wrench or curveball in all of this because you're right. I mean, he's going to get paid somewhere in that. 19 to 20 million dollar a year range if he does get a long-term contract let alone we'll see what happens with the franchise and all that so uh your 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 logic is correct i i think more or not that was the way i would feel too that that some team's going to come in and kind of make an offer that tampa's not going to be able to compete with and they're going to go man we got too many other knee or other guys we got to re-sign and we're pretty good at wide receiver we love you chris godwin but we just can't match that offer Let's hear from the Buccaneers as it relates to Chris Godwin. GM Jason Light on Peacock yesterday with Rich Eisen. Here's what Light had to say about Godwin. Well, he's proven over the years since we've had him that he's a very reliable guy. He's a, He makes plays. He's a great teammate, great in the locker room, and he's um, been just very, very good for us. Uh, we don't want to uh, – we don't want him to, to leave the organization for by any means. So – um, I'll just kind of give you the standard answer. I know you don't, you don't want to hear it, but we're going to do our best to make sure that Chris is a, is a Buccaneer for a long time. Yeah, look, they're not going to come out and say we don't want to keep him. They don't want to be blamed for him leaving. Anytime someone chases money somewhere else, you want the fan base to come to its own conclusions about whether or not the guy should have left. You don't want him to be sympathetic on the way out the door, but also – that's that's what the individual player has to do. He is a business. He is a corporation of one, and he's the CEO, and he's got to make that decision about his family's future. And, yes, there are other factors. I don't want to make it all about money, but I'd be stunned if he gets to the open market and the offers that are out there are are even remotely close to what the Buccaneers are able to do. I think the offers out there are going to be a lot better. Now, this is the week where – his agent would begin finding out in Indianapolis. Apparently, the, the teams are freaked out about yes. having remote tampering because the cell phone device yeah, right. a record of There's the conversation. Tracking. You can't do the face-to-face <laughs> right. conversations like you do in Indianapolis where it's really a free-for-all. But he'll still know. He'll know. They have that two-day period. He'll know. 
uh, before he says yes or no to the Buccaneers, whatever their best offer is, he'll have a chance to know what what else is out there. And I think what else is out there is going to be something he can't say no to. Well, let's like two 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 things just real quick. Like first off. What does Antonio Brown's situation mean for Chris Godwin, right? I would think they'd want to try to pretty much figure that out before because, whoa, okay, wait, somebody offers Antonio Brown a little money and who knows? I mean, I don't see this happening, but I'm just throwing this stuff out there. All of a sudden, he goes Tom Brady takes the contract to Antonio Brown and says, sign this. That's what happened. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I imagine happening. But I guess they got to make sure they got him before you just let Chris Godwin go out the door. Uh, so that, that, that to me would be another aspect of this because I don't think they want to let both of those guys go. And then, you know, they're still not in horrible shape with Scotty Miller and the kid Johnson they drafted out of Minnesota who played well in the playoffs, as you mentioned many times. So we'll see where this goes, but uh, I'm with you. I don't expect to see Chris Godwin back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. When we return, the Washington football team will have a new name after 2021, and it is involving the fans in coming up with ideas. More PFT Live right after this. New website, WashingtonJourney.com. That will track the journey of the Washington football team as they inevitably and eventually select a new name after the 2021 season. I still think there's a chance it's going to be Washington football team. I still do. Here's a kid who submitted an idea. Rhinos. <laughs> I like, hey, I like the creativity. I like the creativity. Now, just a little a little work on the design, a little, you know, on the, the scaling of the, the, the letters, but he's on his way. Young kid. It's a young kid. I don't know. I see that and I say that kind of looks like Chris. Chris's handwriting, so maybe it was Chris who submitted it. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't draw that that well, so I wouldn't even be able to, to draw that rhino. I have no artistic talent at all, uh, but I like it. Good idea, certainly. The Washington, the Washington rhinos. Uh, yeah, okay. We'll there's see. there's a weird disclaimer on the website too about how you need to have like any name you submit, you're saying that you have the legal rights to the name or something ridiculous like that. It's it's when lawyers get involved, that kind of stuff happens. But that's why they didn't pivot to another name right away. Right. Because you have to get the copyright protection in place or you can't sell anything, or more importantly, you can sell it, but everyone else can too. I'd, so the team wants to be able to be the exclusive provider of the gear with the name on it. That's why they didn't do it. And and hey, if they have a really good season this year, Chris, why why wouldn't you stick with Washington football team? I would have I like no it. issue with that. I like it. I think it's unique. But I want it to be a name that has to do with their area, their team, their history. 